for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, I hope everybody is having a great week. I am really excited to introduce one of my dear friends, Mr. Tim Grady, to the show today. Tim is a Broadway performer. He's a producer. He's just like an all-star. I love him. He's been my friend for a couple of years. Tim, welcome to the show. Oh my God, what an introduction. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. Well, Cake for Breakfast is really excited to have you on the show today. Now, Tim and I know each other through sort of the producing world. We've both been in the unscripted producing hustle for a couple of years now. I've sold one show. Tim has sold two. Killing it. Beating me. Oh God. Anyways. <laughs> no, beating you. Come on. Tell us about the most recent show you just sold. Yeah, it's it's I'm really into crime television and my first kind of venture into that is through this show and basically the 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 premise of this docu series is we found a death row a former death row chef who used to make the final meals for prisoners before they were ex- executed um, in Texas in the 90s. So the show is is looking at the final meal choices and kind of doing an analysis of the sense memory of why these meals were chosen by inmates. Um, for example, if someone shows a steak, um, you know, what what does that mean to that inmate's life and what mental um, place did they go to and did they escape to through the food choice before their execution? What? And there's a what whole lot of... Mean? A sense memory. So, you know, like j- the way that you taste food and the way that you remember the smells and, the, and just the taste of, of, of anything, um, it can bring you back a me- mentally and ma- a mental escape to a, a different time in your life. So if someone shows one thing, it's just looking to see like, well, what was the real reason behind it? It wasn't just some arbitrary, I like the taste of this burger. It's why was that burger chosen? What does that mean to that inmate? And, and where did they mentally choose to go to, whether it was uh, conscious or subconscious? Um, in order to, you know, cope with their their coming execution. And do you get one meal or do you get like three courses? How does it work? No, it's, it's usually just one meal. I mean, it totally depends too. I mean, if I had to choose it, I would be so nervous. I wouldn't be eating a damn thing. But I know, I agree. Right? I mean, how could you even think about it? But, but some of them have full-out meals. And at the time, the laws have changed now. But at the time, you could order anything you wanted. It could be anything. Um, wow. But it, it ranges from a Ben and Jerry's um, tub of ice cream to a salad to a steak dinner. So it's just it's it's crazy and what's really to see. Common? What's sort of a popular item of choice? A popular item of choice, I would say, either like a cheeseburger is yeah. very common. Um, that makes a sense. steak, comfort, comfort yeah. food. You know, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and you're I working mean, with a serial killer right now, right? For the show. Oh my god. So- yeah. Oh no! So he, so he's a serial killer. Oh my god, no! But I also am like, should I give my address out on these contracts? <laughs> no, he's he's not a serial killer. But in order to become the death row chef, you have to be an inmate yourself. It's actually a it's a it's a duty. So you can be assigned right. the kitchen duties and then and then work your way up to the, to, to the, like the, the, the prime the big role. time exactly. Right? So Tim, how I am kind of in the finance world, how I sort of have my finger on the pulse. That is Tim to Broadway, and I know we don't usually cover Broadway stories on the show, but you know, it's a big chatter point in New York City, especially right now. Tim, I love what you said about um, New York will come back once Broadway comes back. And I thought that was really cool way to look at it. 
Yeah, I feel like that once, you know, once the Broadway community is back, once Broadway shows are back happening, it's kind of just going to revive, especially Midtown. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it seems like such a ghost town out of any other neighborhood in New York City. I feel like the, the one neighborhood that I'm still like, ooh, like we're not yeah. there at all is Times Square. And I, I really can't wait for Broadway to kind of help re- revitalize that area. This coming Thursday, we have Brittany coming on, and she is bringing a guest, Rayanne Silva, who created the Beauty Blender product, which is, you know, like, just creating. Do you do you ever see those, Tim? Like, it shoots in that, those, like, sponge oh, yeah. products? Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So the woman who, like, created them is coming on the show. So excited Amazing. to uh, chat with her and hear about her entrepreneurial journey. All right, guys, let's open up with our market minute today. Bitcoin broke above 60K on Monday afternoon, Monday morning. It slid down around 59. Also, uh, later in the day. Also, Elon cryptically tweeted over the weekend, going to the moon very soon. So I don't know, he could be implying a couple of things. People are reading into it as they may. The highest Bitcoin has ever traded was 62K a coin. That was around mid-March. So, I mean, we woke up to 60K Monday morning. We're getting pretty darn close. Now, let me put this into perspective for listeners who might wonder why I keep covering the Bitcoin rally. Also, Tim's asking me why you keep talking to me about Bitcoin. (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm trying to Google what this even means. (laughs) Well, guys, exactly one year ago, Bitcoin was trading at $7,000 a coin. A year later, it is trading at $60,000 a coin. Find me a stock that has done that in this short amount of time. That is pretty damn impressive. It's precisely a 700% gain. Think of like buying a house, right? And then it's up 700% the year after. You'd feel pretty freaking good about yourself. Now, this thing could be trading again at $7,000 a coin at the blink of an eye. You really don't know. Bitcoin has done this before. It has huge rallies. It's extremely volatile. But this run is the longest run it's sort of had so far. David Solomon, a.k.a. DJ Soul, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, he recently commented on Bitcoin saying, in quotes, a big evolution would be coming in Bitcoin regulations. Yikes. That means that, you know, the police are coming. There's going to be like a new SEC for uh, Bitcoin trading, which is pretty wild west uh, where we're at right now. The cake here is pretty basic. Anyone who owns Bitcoin, right, will promote it till they're blue in the face. Everybody knows that guy. Those who don't own it will call it a bubble, say it's fake. Everyone's got their stance. My cake on Elon is that he sort of has this way of letting the retail trader into the institutional conversation. And what that means is they're sort of like this old world Wall Street, right? Like they go to, they invite Elon out, the billionaire. He goes to dinner with this billionaire and everything's sort of kept at the top and quietly held there. But the way Elon makes me feel is that he like goes to that dinner, gets in his like black Uber security vehicle, and he's like tweeting to the world everything they talked about. And that's like, that's a pretty evolutionary way of thinking. Um, Tim, you are pretty removed from the finance world. When you hear Bitcoin, do you ever hear it in your circles? Is anyone talking Bitcoin or no? Absolutely not. I, I <laughs> literally only hear it from you, which is terrible. I feel like I should I should be more educated on that. But yeah, the artist world is not. Uh, it's not happening. It's foreign <laughs> language. All right, moving on to our celebrity news today. Celebrity business news, my personal favorite. Kim Kardashian just raised a hundred and fifty-four million dollars from Thrive Capital for her Skims brand, which has now brought this label to a new valuation high of $1.6 billion. This company is what, three years old? Like if that, it's just, it's crazy how fast these companies grow and like people are just throwing money at them. The company said, the company being Skims, that the latest funds would be used to expand into new categories and explore 
retail opportunities like expansion of its global retail presence. So I guess we're going to be seeing skims all over the world. You don't really think about that. You think like, oh, it's skims. It must be everywhere. Like, no, you need to like sell into each and every country. So who knows? So the New York Times did a great breakdown of this business empire and like honestly why it's gained so much traction during uh, the pandemic. Obviously, it's a leisure wear brand. And the other thing they were saying is Kim is deeply involved in like the design and the fabrics now. What does that really mean? I'm sure it's like a group of very sophisticated people that bring out 10 samples and say, Kim, like, you know, feel it. What do you like? And she picks it. Nonetheless, she's still there. She's still involved. Um, Okay, here's also, I think the vibe they're going with here is trying to be like a global competitor to Spanx, especially at this valuation. Like, she's going to get there, man. Um, So Skims reported $145 million in sales last year. Again, a two to three year old company. Yeah. And they expect to do roughly $300 million this year. I'm here for it. Go, Kim. Live. My cake here. <laughs> Tim's like switching out of producing and going into <laughs> brand building at Skims. Right. <laughs> um, my cake here. And this is actually coming from a Cake for Breakfast listener. Could Kanye's camp be sort of releasing this PR? Like we always hear about like Kim sold uh, a piece of KKW to Cody. Like I feel like she's involved. I haven't heard her comment on any of this yet. So I kind of wonder as well if it's, you know, they're going through a divorce and he's like, "Uh, no, she's worth this and lives in the $60 million compound. I only am living in the $10 million. uh, Where are they? Wyoming, uh, Wyoming ranch. So maybe that's coming from him. It would definitely be an interesting take. Okay, guys. Now, is Brittany playing with us? What's going on here? Brittany posted a picture wishing her little sister, Jamie, a happy birthday. Tim, what are you going with here? How old is baby Jamie Lynn Spears? Ooh, I I would guess 25 now. Same, 26. Same with me. Okay, well, she's 30, so... Um, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes all of us feel a certain way. But As I run back to why... but let's get back to why everyone is talking about her today well the birthday post she did included a picture of justin timberlake her and her sister and justin timberlake sort of like sitting on her lap it's definitely from a time they were dating now if you're in that family you have hundreds of thousands of pictures taken of you just on the internet alone regardless of like your private pictures why does she pick this picture and this is following the Frame Britney documentary that the New York Times did, where they really showed him, like, why did JT go on air to, like, you know, a, a global platform and tell everybody he took Britney Spears' virginity? Like, he was a bully. Like, everybody really came for him. He came out after that documentary and said, I know I failed. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. And then he posted that on his Instagram. Would you forgive him hmm. on that? Like, what do you think? I mean, that happened. So, I mean, yes, it was wrong. I would forgive him because people say stupid things in their 20s, in their early 20s. You yeah, know, he was, like he was 20, a kid. I agree, yeah. So it's like, I'm sure that there was pressure building. I can't imagine having the spotlight on so on yourself at that young age. And especially like what that did to Britney. Like it was, it was a requirement for him to, to do that in order to not look like a complete idiot. You in know? order for him to like feel aware. Like it's funny, he's big on the apologies. Remember when he was caught out like ass grabbing with that actress on set and then he like <laughs> posted another one and got his wife pregnant like a month later? Oh my and god. And then he was mad though cuz Britney did cheat on him with her dancer. That's what his whole uh, one of his big songs was about. Right, so right. Yeah, he was like a bit rage about it. 
Um, All right, so maybe she's just giving him a nod, saying like, yo, Justin, we're good. I don't know. I I doubt they talk. Brittany feels too behind Gates, you know, like. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I would be shocked if it was like, oh, yeah, we keep in touch. Like, that was a normal picture. It's like, girl, who's who's telling you to post the picture? Why'd you post the picture? (laughs) The pictures. Oh, my gosh. And she's posting even. They're getting crazy. Her boyfriend's really coming into them now. Have you been seeing him, that handsome dancer? Oh, yeah. He's sort of been like coming into play. Um, Brittany did respond to the framing Brittany documentary. She posted on her Instagram saying, remember, no matter what we think we know about a person's life, it is nothing compared to the actual person living behind the lens. So what do you think she's talking to us and saying to us there? Oh, it's another cry for help. Like, like mm-hmm. she has done in the past. It just is sad because every time you hear about Britney Spears, now every time I hear about Britney Spears now, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this poor girl. Like it's, it's, it's moved past the laughable phase of like, oh, she's a mess to like, oh, this is so serious. And it's still unfortunately continuing as yeah. we're seeing in this public outcry. Exactly. Exactly. And you told me something interesting about the gay community with Britney, which I thought was pretty cool. You t- I mean, you told me something about the straight community, which I thought was in- in interesting, too. I, oh I thought that Britney's um, popularity was c- and her continued success when she releases the albums, I, th- I honestly, I guess, um, am in a bubble and thought it was because of the gay community because I don't know if people are aware that like, gays love Britney Spears. Love, love, yeah. love, love, like to a point where I don't even understand. But, you know, looking back at her career and especially where things were and where the gay world was back when she was just becoming popular, you know, she became really famous um, in in my world, at least in my in my youth, um, from "Baby One More Time." And right. when that album came out, remember TRL when it was yes, released on I TRL? do. That was great. <laughs> so good. Um, I just remember like watching that. That and... was in Times Square, right? TRL. Oh yeah, the MTV Studios. Uh, I remember was it 15, when 15, uh, 15 Broadway. The first time I came to New York, my little sister and I ran down there. My dad was on a work trip and we like watched, <laughs> stood outside of TRL watching it from the window. Oh, it was a thing to do. Remember? Yeah. yeah and you like send really in requests and it was like, a, it was a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the Baby One More Time album came out um, or, or the single even. And she's basically exploring her sexuality through a, a schoolgirl costume, but saying that she's never like my loneliness is killing me and i think that kind of resonated with the gay community which is how they immediately were hooked or we were immediately hooked to britney of Mm -hmm. of wanting to explore sexuality and wanting to be ourselves but feeling um that the loneliness is killing me because you know especially compared to the younger generations of of today with uh in the gay community it still was a little bit like um uh a thing to be gay. Yep. You know, I didn't come out in high school and I feel like that she really just spoke to an audience. So then as her career evolved and unfortunately as, as her personal life declined, um, the gays had her back and now it, it went from her reaching out to the gay community and allowing them to be themselves. And now it's completely reversed where the gay community and, and from what you tell me too, like the, um, uh, the whole world. <laughs> is, everyone is, loves. Everyone loves Britney, and they're, they're, they want her Brittany. to win. You know, and I, I think we that want it's, her it's to a, win. Totally. So I, I think her fans have her back, and it's as a direct result of her being a voice for um, people who didn't have uh, have that kind of power back then. Oh, that's that's sweet. Um, I think. So according, <laughs> and a couple more uh, points on points here to go. According to page six, a source close to the pop star revealed that she has indeed watched the documentary and describes it as leaving the singer emotional but hopeful for her future. Now, I, this is somebody who doesn't want their name listed. Like that's pretty. That sucks. That's like your hairdresser. Your you know somebody watching your kids. That's like selling stories to the tabloids. But this person goes on and says. 
There are parts of the film that were too hard and emotional for her to watch. Like, how do you know this? The scenes that describe right. the most difficult times of her life, the, resent- the relentless media circus, and the harsh focus on her as a young mother, but she feels for the first time in many years that people are on her side and things will get better mm. for her, said this source. So I guess that makes sense, right? Like, how Definitely. Do you know? Um, I, I mean, who knows? Who knows, right? She hopes that because of this, she will be finally freed from the vice-like grip of her father, Jamie Spears. Ooh. She is also very grateful and humbled by the public outcry, all the support from her fans and celebrities. I guess even Sarah Jessica Parker has spoken out on her behalf. Now, I who don't knew? get that read. I got the read that Britney was like a little bit embarrassed. Like, guys, get off my back. That's the read I sort of got from her response to it. But I don't know. I mean, she she, she is. She can keep them guessing. You know, keep I have guessing, no baby. Idea. Yeah. The source also claims that Britney is teaming up with top with a top female director to produce her own documentary about her life and that she hopes to release the film once her father no longer oversees her conservatorship. Um, that will blow the ceiling off of the Meghan Markle interview. Ooh. Why isn't Oprah doing that interview with her already? That would well, be in amazing. The, in the words of Oprah, Brittany, were you silent or were you silenced? Love it. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I want to know. She would crush that interview, though. Oh, I would. I, I mean, I would pay money to see that interview. I hope I hope it happens. How could yeah. it not? If Britney's the one who's looking at um, producing a documentary, who would not pick that up? She could make a and pretty penny off of that. Also, why have we not pitched them? Me and you, producer team. Let's hey, let's get on it. Let's get on yeah. it. Cake for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, guys. I wanted to take you on a personal journey that I have been on the past year, and that is therapy. Now, I'm the type of person who used to judge people for going to therapy. I thought it suggested a kind of weakness, a character. So when things got tough, instead of examining my emotions, I'd swallow or push them down, often using extreme exercise as a means to avoid emotional introspection. Yes, I might have been that girl in a boxing class in New York City that accidentally punched somebody in the face once. My therapist argues in a rage. I'm telling you, it was just an accident. (laughs) Anyway, well, the joke is on me because after I turned 30, I started to recognize patterns in my behavior that were really starting to affect my relationships with people. So I looked at the situation and thought I could either spend the next decade repeating these behavioral problems or I could switch things up and start working on myself and stop blaming everyone else around me for my problems. So how do we do this? Better help. It's the new and improved therapy and best of all, millennial friendly. Okay, this isn't a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Now, let's talk about this for a minute because this was a huge fear of mine. What if I got matched with someone I didn't like? Well, there is no awkward in this game. Just at the click of a button, you can be switched to somebody else in minutes. Now, I want you guys to take a serious look at your life. And if there is literally anything bothering you or something you're trying to get through, maybe it's a breakup and those are the worst, we all know. Maybe you just had a baby in your home all day and you need someone to talk to. This is where BetterHelp comes into play. So please visit BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash cake and join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Cake for Breakfast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash cake. 
and you'll be talking to somebody in less than 48 hours. I really encourage you guys to give it a try. Shoot me a DM if you want to talk about it, talk about my experience, or if you need any help getting online, I'm there for you. All right, now moving on to the story Tim brought in for the show today regarding a little drama, which we all love, but not happening on Wall Street or in Hollywood, guys. This is happening right smack dab in the middle of New York on Broadway. Tim, take it away. What's happening? What's the story? Yeah, so Broadway has been shut down for a year, and it's possibly going to be the last uh, industry that comes back post-COVID, or one of the last industries. And there's this big debate and dilemma that's going on within the Broadway community as to why the shutdown has continued with Broadway, uh, aside from the obvious that, you know, COVID, um, you know, procedures and all that. But So Broadway is 100% closed as of today. As of today, it's 100% closed, and there is no wow. sign that it's coming back anytime soon, despite yeah, like, what media is saying. Are they writing? Well, are they buying scripts? Like, is any of that happening even? Yeah, I mean, it's what's what's crazy to me right now is like there's so many actors who were literally playing leads on Broadway. They were uh, from 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 you know principals down to the ensemble. Um, everyone is is doing their their own way uh, thing to either get back into the industry or some of them have completely shifted and gone into a com- a totally other industry, which is just so wild to me. Especially knowing how talented some of these people are, so knowing that a lot of these people, um, you know, trained oh their gosh. entire did they lives. Take, did they hang up their shoes and take that corporate job? Have you been seeing some of that? Yes. Even? Oh, yes. that's so sad. And it, it it is because you know that's that's just so not the industry and that's so not what I was expecting to even What's happen. What's the pivot? To- What's a business type role someone like that would go into? Oof. Um, I mean, I, uh, some of my friends went into real estate. It, it really just depends because there's such a diverse background in the Broadway community in terms of what people, how they trained. So you just never know what people's backgrounds are. And because of that diverse background that actors have, they sometimes they surprise you and they end up getting these huge corporate jobs. So who, so who what's knows? what's the issue at hand right now? What's everybody kind of, what are the rumblings? Okay, so this is what's going on. Actors Equity Association... Um, which is the union that represents Broadway actors. Okay. They put out regulations for what post-COVID theater looks like. Okay. So an example of what they said was, um, it is now required that any actor on stage needs to be more than 12 feet apart if they're singing. And in addition to that, they also have to be surrounded by plexiglass. What? Yes. There's another regulation that's saying, um, or restriction, that says that they can't take public transit to and from the theater because it would be potentially exposure to the to um, the virus so yeah. as a as a result of that they want private transit to and from the theater for every show for every single um actor uh, on broadway and wait, so, who is writing these rules it's literally the union protecting these people is writing these rules that's like damning mm-hmm. the industry from starting up again that's that's what the debate is. Some of the actors, it. it's a 50-50 split. Some of the actors are saying, listen, your your procedures, your your COVID um, restrictions are so intense that Broadway producers are going to be deterred from even investing any money because they just can't afford these restrictions. Who could also, afford that risk? Who, well, that's the other thing. They're, they're also saying, uh, uh, according to uh, Actors Equity Union from their email that they sent out, that producers are responsible for actors' uh, medical bills if there's a COVID case in the cast, for the entire cast. So the problem with that that actors see is what if you go and do a gig on a national tour or wherever you are, anywhere in the country or on Broadway, and then an actor uh, wants to go and have a drink after the show and they go to a bar. What, what makes the producer responsible for that? Totally. And then that guy grabs COVID, sends it through the cast, and that guy goes bankrupt 
Oh, the exactly. producer goes bankrupt. So the producer, do they invest the money or are they just, I guess the producer's the one sort of finding the money to put into the show to create the show to make it happen? So that's a great question, but there's a difference between Broadway producers and Broadway investors. I'm talking okay. about the Broadway producers here. So the producers are responsible for um, for these, these uh, making sure that actors' equity rules are followed. But the, the real... The real tricky thing about this is you can be an actor that's in the union and working on Broadway, but you can also be a non-union actor. And to the majority of American and audiences in general, unless you're an avid theater goer and you're in the industry, you're not going to know the difference if you're, say, in... I don't know, Chicago, the, the, the um, city of Chicago, there are union tours and non-union tours that go through there. And just anyone who goes and sees a show, they're not going to know the difference. So unfortunately, Actors' Equity is in a very tricky position right now because they have to navigate how to protect their union and their union members, but also make sure that they don't set these restrictions so far off that are so off-putting to producers that they say, you know what, we're not going to even deal with the union anymore. We're going straight to non-equity actors and negotiating directly with the actors themselves could like a Hamilton on Broadway like if you're on Broadway the biggest of the big leagues you have to Mm -hmm. be involved in the union or no yeah let's just say yes for the purpose of this conversation there are things that you can do to get around that but for for the yes absolutely if you're if you're seeing a Broadway show you are Mm -hmm. in the union there's been there's been extremely few cases yeah, SAG, SAG after yeah. exactly. It's 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 a little different, but even SAG, I mean, they've worked it out. So their actors are working right now. There are shoots happening. There are movies being filmed, but unfortunately, Broadway is just it's just not happening. And of course, the business model of how Broadway makes money, it, it makes sense why it's not happening. I was in a Broadway theater this past weekend, um, just doing a film shoot and seeing just how close those seats are again, and just the visual of what is required for a producer to make money. We are so far off from that happening from a full Broadway house again that it's okay so it's, let's talk about it why is there no pivot why haven't we like moved to doing something in an arena or a streaming mm-hmm. service like why hasn't that pivot taken place yet it's tricky it's it's you know a lot of the rights to musicals a lot of just how actors equity works with with um filming their actors and putting them on tape there's just so many logistics and so many things that have to be worked out that that there was no preparation for this and Honestly, I understand why. We'd never expected it to be this bad and have it get this far. I'm sure that moving forward, things will be worked out eventually, but producers have to be the ones that say, okay, let me rent out Madison Square Garden to be at 20% capacity, knowing I'm taking that big of a hit to put on a Broadway show. And it's been proven in the past. Just last year, um, they produced, uh, there was a musical produced, it was on Broadway, it was To Kill a Mockingbird. They brought it to Madison Square Garden for a one-night-only performance that was massively successful. Mm-hmm. But if you say 20% of the audience is only available to, to be seen, uh, to, to, to sell tickets to that, it just doesn't make sense financially for Broadway Did producers. Kill a Mockingbird sell out MSG? Uh, it was actually, I don't exactly know if they even sold tickets. What it was, it was, uh, they... they Put the show on for high school students. I think it might have been it might have been middle school students too, but it was high school students. And I even want to go as far as saying I think they were in inner city high school students Got it. to be so able to nice, see a Broadway a nice show thing. for free. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Since the Broadway shows are so expensive. So expensive. Um, but but I what mean, if you're the actor? If you're like the lead of Hamilton, are you making a yeah. million bucks on that show? No way, not a million dollars a year. And that's, wow. I mean, Hamilton specifically is different. It, it might be different. Granted, no one's making a million dollars on Broadway a year um, as a performer. As but, a producer, um, are you? Are you in that Are you in that spot to potentially oof. do that or no? I mean, I, I would assume yes. Like, I, I, would, I would think that Lin-Manuel, Mar- Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote and starred in Hamilton, 
I would assume he's making at least a million dollars a year in Hamilton, but I, I honestly I don't know how much producers make because I don't know the the um, ins and outs of the of the costs to make the show happen and how much they have to right. give their guarantors and all that. So um, right. I don't know exactly, but sense. in terms of an actor's perspective, there's no chance in hell any actor is getting a, a million dollar a year salary. Damn. Um, okay, so with the shows now, I've I've always wondered this, like how shows like stay on Broadway. When do they start coming? Like, is there like a okay, this is a six week run, or how does that work? That's a great question. It actually completely depends on the house you're, um, that the show is in. The house meaning the Broadway theater. Um, so, for example, um, Studio 54 on Broadway is is actually a roundabout theater, and those are limited performances, so they usually have a beginning and end date. But for the most part, um, it, it really just depends on ticket sales. So once ticket sales dip below a certain percentage, that's when actors start freaking out, being like, are we closing? Because we need to start oh, no. looking for another job. So that's, right. that's a huge um, reason the ticket sales are why Broadway is not coming back too, because the restrictions are expensive due to actors equity. We have to have a full house for Broadway to stay open long enough. So it really is going to be tricky. And when the shutdown does end on Broadway, from what I'm hearing, the rumors are they're going to be coming back one or two shows at a time. And I'm also even hearing rumors that there's going to be producers that are teaming up with each other to sell, um, to sell marketing packages or to, or to, to market shows all at once. So let's say that it's Lion King, Hamilton, and Wicked. That and this is completely hypothetical. Let's say mm-hmm. those three Broadway shows, for example, come back first, and those three shows will be marketed first all together to help producers uh, to save money on their marketing, but to also get audiences excited to be like, okay, we have these first three shows coming back uh, at once. The the thing that's that people don't understand is you need to go back into casting, the whole casting yeah. process. You have to go through rehearsals. You have to remount shows. It's not like all of a sudden, hey, we're opening Boom, on this we're going, date. We're going on. No, I totally understand. It's like, okay, this movie got booked, but you have to wait six months to get it like produced and made and everything. Totally. Um, can we talk, though, about what I want to understand is, so if I'm Hamilton, that was like a fresh script that hit Broadway. Once mm-hmm. the show starts getting developed, do, is that do you book like, is it like a movie theater? Okay, for two months, and then it keeps getting extended? Um, in terms of how it works with, with the producer working with the house? Kind of, yeah. It was like, is it usually like, does everything, it, what's the norm? Is it like a show will be on Broadway for six months or for two months? Or is there not really a... There's no, there's, there's no... You have no idea when you when you book a show. It, everyone crosses their fingers, hopes it's a hit, but there's yeah. no way to tell how long it's gonna be on Broadway. There's also situations where a, but a Broadway no show. There's no minimum either. There's no minimum amount of time. Oh no, because you, I mean, there are some shows who didn't even make it to opening night, or there's some oh. shows that that lasted two weeks after opening and then they ended up shutting down because there weren't ticket sales. It got bad reviews on opening. Like you, you never ever know how long a show is going to last. So when you get a Broadway show like Hamilton or you you're in a hit, people actors love that because it means work stability, which is so foreign in this industry. Totally right. Totally. <laughs> okay. You know, I've been um, there. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Let's talk about some celebrity stories so we cover a lot of celeb news on the show now tell me some of your favorite stories you've heard or maybe some of your not so favorite people the when a movie star hits broadway like do we love that in the broadway world or does that annoy us i mean it's a double-edged sword i feel like there are so many unbelievably talented talented undiscovered stars that are in this industry that are you know working at i don't know uh, Alan Stardust Diner downtown, but and 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 these celebrities come in who might not even be right for the roles, but they're able to sell tickets. So it's like okay, right. well, 
you know, that they help keep shows open, but they don't sometimes bring the best work. That being said, sometimes they bring fantastic work. Like Hugh Jackman is coming back on Broadway in um, The Music Man. I can't wait to see him. I think he's perfect for that role. Um, and, and not that that show needs a star vehicle, but having Hugh Jackman, especially playing opposite Sutton Foster as Marion the Librarian, it's going to be a huge um, a huge thing. And for those who don't know Sutton Foster, she's um, she plays one of the leads on um, Younger. Okay. Um, the TV oh, cool. show. And she she actually got her start on Broadway. The way that she got famous was she was cast in the ensemble of a musical called um, Thoroughly Modern Millie. And she just happened to be, you know, in the ensemble covering the lead, which means that she she had to know all the lines and, and know the choreography and everything for the lead woman named Millie, the mm-hmm. title character. Um, during Tech, the woman who played Millie, I, I believe she got sick. And Sutton Foster had to step in, and producers loved her so much, she ended up taking over the role and won a Tony Award for it. Oh, wow. And then her career That's ended up taking story. off. Yeah, yeah it's That's crazy. Great... But in terms of celebrities, though, the only wild thing that I've really heard um, through the grapevine is when um, Catherine Zeta-Jones was on Broadway in a show called the Little, uh, called Little Night Music. Little a Night little Music? Night, a Little Night Music, yeah. Okay. And she, I saw her in it, and it was unbelievable. She's a, really? She was a total star. Oh, my God. I mean, during a blackout, she was on stage, and I just was captivated. I was like, oh, my God, that's Catherine Zeta-Jones, you know? Does she look incredible? Incredible. 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 But yeah. I heard she was a monster to work with. Stop. Like, Tell us the juice. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, one time, I, apparently, she threw, allegedly threw her costume at her understudy and screamed, I'm not going on tonight. No and it's way. like, girl, that's not Broadway etiquette, honey. So, I was. <laughs> Did she I mean, go on? No, she didn't go on. So she didn't do it. <laughs> but I guess mental. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Who knows what's going on in the behind the scenes there? What's up yeah. in the? In Maybe the... <laughs> she was having a moment. Couldn't take the stress. Yeah. What was so good about her in the role? There's some people that are you just see and you cannot take your eyes off of them. And I'm telling you that she her light shines so brightly from from like within that literally when she was it was one of those scenes where half the stage was dark while this another scene was going on on the other side of the stage and they kept going back and forth. And she was an actress on stage right. And just watching her like just frozen in a dark in the in the dark was just like, whoa, this is a masterclass of like exuding and and just like radiating. Uh, from stillness oh in the dark bottle some of that energy up i oh love my God, that seriously that's but yeah amazing. that's like that's the only the only other celebrity i wouldn't even say this is gossip i just had a cool opportunity i got i got to work with um do a segment um for the for the tony awards commercial break entertainment with um tom hanks backstage when he was doing a show called um lucky guy on broadway and okay. I can tell you that just like everyone says in everything you read in the news, he is the nicest guy that I've that I've not I mean that I've ever met. We met for maybe twenty five minutes, but he, he was just so me. nice. Really? <gasps> You're kidding. America's dad annoys you. He's just something about him. He's just too like that guy. I don't know how to dis- I don't know how to say it. Like he's not sexy to me. I like a Bradley Cooper, a Leo. Like, oh, oh, yeah. He's yes. too stable or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's too stable, and that's why I'm into him because I'm just like, oh, stability. <laughs> okay, so talk talk to me lastly about mm-hmm. oh, and then like the Bruce Springsteen show my boyfriend went to and was like, oh yeah, that was like the greatest thing ever. Like him coming in how do they mm-hmm. even stop that does it just keep running and running because it's just making piles of money yeah that one in particular did they, they extended so many times that they kept announcing closing dates and then they ended up they kept announcing extension so it, shows like that i mean that's that would be amazing i'm pretty sure it was a one-man show so i don't know if it necessarily helped 
other actors, but it did help keep other people employed, like backstage, um, stage managers, you know, the um, ushers and stuff. But I, I didn't get to see that because the tickets were so damn expensive. But I would, yeah, I would have loved to see it. I think he got his for like a thousand dollars. They were so expensive because oh it was. Were they just yeah. scalping every night? Like it was just like such a huge thing. Oh yeah! Oh my God! There was were it so bigger many than Hamilton? Tickets. Um, I don't know. I mean, Hamilton has created... The, the thing I love about Hamilton is Broadway musicals used to have, um, I mean, albums released of of the... Like, the musicals... How do I say this? The songs used to be on the radio. So, like, if a new Broadway show came out, it was, like, a thing. Like, Irving Berlin music used to be, like, pop culture. And, and that has kind of stopped, for the most part, in mainstream um, music. But what I love about Hamilton is you can listen to uh, Hamilton's song on the radio and not even realize it's from Hamilton. There's an incredible, incredible cover song that Kelly Clarkson did of It's Quiet Uptown from, from Hamilton. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. You wouldn't know it's from the musical, and it is so fantastic. So to answer your question, um, it's completely different than Hamilton, but I'm just so happy that people go see theater and that, that you know, hopefully it comes back soon because I feel like now more than ever, um, historically, Broadway really helps um, our country come out of a bad time. So if you notice that when, when the country is going through something terrible, Broadway ticket sales are, are through the roof. And I oh, think no that way. we're going to see, yeah, I think we're going to see that happen again um, after the shutdown because people need an escape and, yeah. and that's what we've done in the past um, on Broadway and I think that's what we're going to do in the future. And I think that watch out for some really feel-good musicals coming to Broadway. I'm just predicting because of how the state of the world was and how things are. And while I'm thinking about feel-good musicals, because I I can't shut up about this. Um, go see Moulin Rouge when it comes back. I got to see it before the shutdown. And if you want to just escape from from this world for a night, Moulin Rouge is unbelievable and it's coming back. Okay, so everything is coming back. What about Erica Jane on Broadway? What was now she's like probably going to jail? Like was she good on oh was my she God. good? In Chicago? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't I didn't see her, but she was on Broadway during the shutdown. Right, she right. Was, but she, she was got a living couple shows in. She did. I um yeah. One of my best friends saw her in it and lo- and loved her. Loved yeah. her. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm assuming Chicago will come back. I'm not sure. But there will be some shows that do come back. Some shows won't come back. It just completely depends on a million factors. So what I love about Broadway is, you know, American musical theater, out of all of the art all over the world, America owns musical theater. It was created and developed. It's an American art form. And That's I really cool. hope... Oh, I love it. Musical I, I theater really... was founded in America, you're saying? Yep, it was it was completely created. It came out of vaudeville and, you know, from from Follies all the way back. I mean, it, it goes it goes back. I could tell you the whole musical theater history. <laughs> Thank you. It's my degree. But um yeah, I mean, it is one it it is one of the the only, if not the only art form um that was that was created in, in America and and we are in my opinion, the best at it. If you go over to the West End, I'm being so biased right now, but if you go over to England and the West End... West um, End is in London, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, there the, we a lot of Broadway shows go to the West End and vice versa. A lot of shows from the West End come to New York, but I, I always feel like there's just the magic and there's a thing about um, American musical theater um, that I think is just so special and why it's, it's also just so important for it to come back because it really is an American tradition. And you love something about the West End. They're specific for doing really good. What's it called again? Oh, straight plays. Like if you go see a, a straight play on Broadway, um, look and see if it came from London. They uh, theater in London is is um, government subsidized um, and government funded, and, uh, mm-hmm. so. So they take a lot more risks than than Broadway does. And I'm not saying that that broad. Uh, 
that American playwrights, straight playwrights, are, um, you know, any lesser than than the UK's. But there's a lot more risks being taken over in the UK just because financially they're able to do it. So, so if you see a play on Broadway, check and see if it's from England because uh, that's always my my gauge of like, yeah, I'll go see this. Like this came from the National Theater in London. Love it. Go do it. Love it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for now. I'm going to stop us on the uh, on the Broadway stuff, but we hope to have Tim. Come back and talk to us some more Broadway at some point. Tim, yes, can we do. keep you around for the cake? Because I need to yes. know your take on the question from who wrote in, from the question from one of our listeners who wrote in today. The cake today, guys, says, hey, at what point in a new dating situation do you stop playing games and take the next step? Slash, how do you take the next step? Tim, this feels like a conversation we would have over dinner. So right. what is your That's first thought on about. that? <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, at what point in a new dating situation do you stop playing games? Well, it depends, I guess. You're I would not a game say, player. You're more of a lover. I just go straight to the point. I'm like, listen, are you into it or not? You know, because I can't stand. I know I you have to play the game to some point. Where it's like, hey, oh my gosh, am I gonna text like all of that? But there comes a point where I'm just like, okay, listen, are are you into this or not? Because I I just need to know. I I can't stand. I go crazy if I don't get a text back, or I go crazy if I'm trying to send a text and you know, or if I'm the one who's not responding. Um, but yeah, I would just say like, just you know, if you're at a point where you feel like that this is something that you want and you want to go for it. And and it's time and enough time has, you know, it's it's resonated yeah. and you've gone on dates. Just go for it and be like, hey, I'm into you. What are you thinking? Uh, should we see each other more? Should we see each other less? Like, what are you thinking? I would just say, ask, go straight to the point. And I completely disagree with Tim's take. <laughs> I think that you have to play games. How to take it to the next step. In my experience, uh, you just, I don't, I hate this answer, but it's sort of like when the right person likes you enough, you'll just know when it'll mesh mm. properly and the chemistry will be right. Like, overplaying the game always hurts the situation like I've gotten so competitive in the game before that I'm like oh my god I actually want to win like why like winning right. is like almost pushing this person away because we're gaming so hard you know it's mm. like not even fun mm. anymore so like don't get to that level but if you know I don't know it's hard guys good luck hey I said it earlier <laughs> one of my best friend's mom used to tell me in college tell all of us in college and she famously said keep them guessing <laughs> she's leaning at something else there Tim <laughs> She was actually talking directly to me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Now, Tim brought our play of the day to the show today. This oh. is not a show I've even ever seen, and I would not usually put something on that I have not vetted, but Tim is my trusted, good-taste <laughs> friend, and I'm really excited oh, about taste. this one. And I'm going to start watching it next week. We've got RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. Tell us mm -hmm. about it. RuPaul's Drag Race is a competition drag show where they take, I think it's like 14 drag queens per season from all over the country to compete in different tasks each episode. And it all comes down to the finals to be who's a next America's drag superstar. So and is it like it American has... Idols meets mm. America's Next Top Model, like competition with music? Is that how to think of it? Kind of. I mean, a part of the competition is, is you lip sync for your life at the end of each episode, 
where okay. two drag queens, the bottom the bottom queens of the episode, have to <laughs> literally lip sync to a pop song. Usually, like I don't know, let's say Britney Spears, "Toxic," and right. um, and such you literally watch them. Uh, such a classic, right? So uh, you just literally watch them lip sync a performance. So if you haven't been to a drag bar before, they have these late night drag shows where where the whole thing is is lip syncing, and there's a plot twist if some of them can actually sing, and some of them actually do sing, and one of them on this season is a singer. So RuPaul's Drag Race, if you're in for it for the fashion, you can be in for it for the f- for the comedy or just for the outrageous look. Some of these scenes, these dramatic scenes are happening in the workroom when these guys are in half makeup and it just looks outrageous and they're screaming at each other about something. So if you haven't watched <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, check it out on Friday nights at 8 p.m. on VH1. I also just love RuPaul. RuPaul is like Mama Ru in the uh, in the gay world has really um, made drag mainstream and. RuPaul has become this massive icon in the gay community, and I think that a huge part of that is also because, um, you know, drag queens used to be so, like, uh, almost like the underground um, creatures of the night, and now <laughs> like they're... Like on Sex in the City. Remember when they're screaming outside Sam's apartment? <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually. Yeah. No, it's truly, though. And now, all of a sudden, they're, they're killing it on primetime television, and it's the number one watched show socially on TV. So, the, the thing well, in the gay like world... I he's killing it, because I follow TV and movies super close, and it hasn't mm. really popped for me until the last couple of years. Like, it hasn't come to my attention. I'm pretty mainstream, and I do mm. feel like he won all the Golden Globes and the Emmys like he's really Emmys. been like front oh, yeah. of stage yeah the past couple um the ca- past couple of years so excited oh, to check sure. it out I hope everybody enjoys it I hope everybody has a great week really looking forward again to having Brittany on Thursday as well as the founder of Beauty Blender wow doesn't get any more big time than that yes. Tim where can everybody find you on Instagram Slip into my DMs at Tim Grady 43. I'm single. Hit me up. <laughs> and he was ready to go to Broadway shows whenever the scene comes when, back. Right? Let's do it. Now for a quick interruption, I just want to ask something out of you guys. If you were listening to the show today and have not subscribed, would you mind just taking a couple seconds to do so? It's super simple. I'm going to walk you through it really quick. All you have to do is pick up your phone that you're listening to the show on. Go to the main screen. You should see a purple icon. It almost looks like a satellite dish and it says podcast below it. Once you open that up in the search icon, type in cake for breakfast. The show will come up and just hit the subscribe button. It's free for you and very meaningful for me. It supports my business. And honestly, Oprah asks her listeners to do the same thing. So I don't feel weird about it. Thank you so much for listening and thank you even more for supporting the show today.